It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. My name is Jason Squires, and we are in a new month, which means a new topic. But before we get there, um, let's go ahead and introduce our guest today. Tyler, how's it going, man? Hello, sir. How are you? Doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. We, uh, um, it, It's just a, just a good day. It's already a good day. I mean, we're, you and I both, it's like 8.30 in the morning. So, I mean, it's... Yeah. We're starting strong. A couple of creatives talking, talking yeah, at 8.30 yeah. in the morning. This, yeah. I mean, what, what could go wrong? What could yeah, go? we're breaking all the creative stigmas <laughs> that we don't start till it's, noon. That's right. That's right. We start early over here. Exactly. Exactly right. I honestly, I, uh, I, like I mentioned before we hopped on, I thought you were like, and like on the everybody I talk to is usually like in Central Time or Eastern oh, Time, yes. and when you're like, I'm on the West Coast, I was like, oh, this is early for you too. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I, I live for it. No, I'm I'm so used to it now. Either having to talk to people either back in Nashville or something like that. I'm used to juggling several time zones. So yes, I'm yes, yes. Time zone math is a is an is is, is a thing. You got to do it. Oh yes. It's, but hey, man, introduce. Tell us about you. Tell us all about Tyler and and where you're coming from and um, a little bit more about who you are. Yeah, uh, my name is Tyler Richardson. I am originally born and bred a Tennessee boy and go balls and um have been married to my wife kennedy for about six years and we moved recently from nashville in the middle of everything going on with covid to redding california which if you don't know is the northern section of california about an hour or so from oregon so like very northern very forest heavy not the california you probably see on tv uh, it's a little bit more of the nature California. And we've um, recently, just in the past three years, gotten really involved in Bethel Church with um, their school and their ministries and all their facets. I'm sure many of you may know their songs or sing them on Sundays. And we've just kind of gotten a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of how they operate, how their culture is built and sustained. And it's just been a very special season to just grow uh, in so many facets. And I also have a degree in advertising, and I love marketing. I love advertising. I love design, art, all of those things. Um, and blended with that, I'm also a worship leader. I've uh, been leading worship since I was probably 16 or 17 in youth group, um, which kind of, you know, the typical quote-unquote square story of most worship leaders, you know, it led to seasons of very intense uh, songwriting and uh, kind of being really heavily inundated with those kinds of schedules and then traveling for a season and then being on staff at churches for a season and then working for corporate advertising things for a season. And I've found myself in and out either um, finding how there are very unique balances to be had between doing creative things, doing worship things, doing hands-on ministry facets, but also maybe it'd be the corporate marketing facets and learning that they don't all necessarily have to be siloed from one another. Um, That You always have to work with a team. You always have to work with a leader. You always have to work with a theme. Some that you fully are on board with and some that you don't fully know how you can actually bring your authentic self to make them happen and just learning the balance of that. Um, And so I've just... Uh, over the past several years, just found 
all of the different ways that the church in worship and in creativity and in unity, whether it be with staff or connection to the staff and the congregation really can get healthy, see root systems formed, um, and let that just be an overflow that goes, whether it be to your marriage, to your kids, to your just home life. Um, so yeah, thumbs me up. So good, man. I'm looking forward to this. This is, uh, um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of dive into the the content today. Um, but yeah, I'm ex- and also kind of where you're coming from. It's just all good, man. This is exciting. Well, this this it. this month we're talking about conflict. It's kind of a fun topic, right? You know, the exciting. Oh, yes. Everyone's like, I just I don't push the off button on the podcast. Don't don't hit the next next one. This <laughs> this month we're talking about conflict, and it's something that you mentioned a minute ago about teams, and it like it comes when you bring people together and you bring creative people in the same room. Conflict is going to happen. Um, anybody really in the same room, pe- humans, just like we, it exists. Uh, and it's not yeah. something to run from, but it's also something that we need to have tools in our pocket on how to deal with it and how to handle it and not let it blow things up because it's really good Absolutely. about blowing up the world. So, but um, when we were talking about the topic, when we kind of connected about for today's podcast, you said something that I was um, really interested in. You said when people feel safe, they get honest. Can you, can you unpack that for me and kind of like what you, what, 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 where, where's that coming from and what that looks like? Yeah. Um, a lot of times when it comes to to people and teams and ministry facets, um, a lot of times people come at it from different places. So some people are on a church team that have grown up in church. Their families before them grew up in church. Church is a very normal part of their life. They understand all of the inside jokes. They get church humor. They get church frustrations. They, they are very uh, understanding of all of the facets. Then you have some people that may have only been saved for six months to a year or something like that, but they have a willingness to serve and they're kind of getting into the mix. And then with that, you have people that are new to the church that have come either from a church, maybe locally in the city, or they've moved. Then you have possibly new leadership maybe new leadership over that team, or maybe it's a new pastor. And so in the middle of all of this, there's a lot of juggling of personalities that is kind of always adjusting in some capacity. Um, Even if you have maybe three to five years of stability out of nowhere, not even in bad situations, somebody just, maybe somebody retires or somebody uh, feels called to start a business. There are always so many good reasons why there are still adjustments that are to be made. And what happens is because of the fluctuation of the environment, people are just trying to stabilize themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens when you're trying to stabilize yourself, everybody thinks that they feel stable a different way. So some people feel stable if they have close relationships. So they think I will feel comfortable here if I get to have coffee with the pastor once a week. Some people feel stable if they're like, honestly, I don't need any special treatment. I just, um, I just would like to have some responsibility. You don't have to have coffee with me. You don't have to shake my hand every time I walk in the door, but I would love to maybe be in charge of a volunteer team, or I would like to be in charge of making sure everybody is prepared for a certain Sunday morning facet. And so we try to find the ways that make us feel the most anchored. And if you don't realize that everybody feels stable and anchored in different ways, then you kind of will give a blank statement for everybody. And then what happens is some people feel great. Some people don't feel great. And when you when you feel unstable, 
You feel unsafe. You feel like maybe maybe you've been on a team for 10 years and all of a sudden you're starting to feel like younger people are starting to come up through the ranks or something's happening in that effect. And all of a sudden you're starting to feel unsafe because you feel like, well, maybe you're not necessary. Maybe you are uh, now on the quote unquote chopping block. Maybe it feels like your voice isn't carrying as much weight. When you feel that unsafety start to rise, you start to lower the amount of your honesty because now because of you not feeling safe, you don't feel like you have a voice. Um, Because when you don't feel safe, not only do you not feel safe, you feel like everything you do is in the realm of unsafety. So you don't want to rock the boat. You don't want to make anybody feel like you're not a team player. You don't want anybody to feel like you have the wrong motives, like you have some hidden agenda for why you want to be involved in ministry. So you get quiet. And when you get quiet, that only adds fuel to the fire of you feeling unsafe. Um, And there's a power in people having the ability to just talk. Um, I think sometimes what happens is, especially if you are in the regiment of specifically church ministry, there are so many things that need to get done. And a lot of times everybody is so focused on what needs to get done. We don't necessarily feel like there's time to take a pause to hear about feelings. That's a very that's a very real thing. I think sometimes though what happens is we feel unsafe because we talk about um, what we're feeling too late. Mm. So you have Monday through Saturday to share how you're feeling, but service starts at 10 and you're sharing how you feel at 9.50. Right. And what's happening is, is you're trying, it's not that your heart's in the wrong place or anything like that. A lot of times, a lot of times it's just, you have, we have to learn how to build cultures where if we want people to be vocal, we have to understand that I want you to feel safe. That requires us to have a practical application of what that means. And that means if you tell me you don't like a decision we made as a team, so let's say you and me are on a team and you're like, I, I, I don't think it was necessarily a wrong decision. I probably just wouldn't have made it. I think we had a better option. You didn't choose it. What can happen is, is if I'm not necessarily maybe a leader over you, but I'm a leader beside you. So let's say I'm a leader beside you. That gives me the opportunity to have a conversation with you and hear you out. And then I have the opportunity to make you feel safe. I don't have necessarily the opportunity to make you feel correct, right, or that you got your way. But I do have the opportunity to let you know that I have heard you and I now open up a window for communication in the future when decisions are made where you feel like even though your decision didn't have its way now, it may have its way in the future. And you just find ways, whether it be in dialogue, and sometimes it's a it's a case of honor um, if if you feel like there's a member of your team um, that there's so much more of them that can come out, but maybe somebody else just for whatever reason is getting a little more spotlight. You have the ability to be like, Hey, let's just honor. So-and-so over here. Um, You know, I know this past Sunday was great. We did a lot of things, but I've just been thinking that Miss Patty or whoever is over here, she's served here faithfully for 10 years. And she has sacrificed without ever asking for anything. She hasn't asked for a pay raise. She hasn't even asked to be paid or, or whatever. And you start to build up a culture where people now see proof in various people, whether it be volunteers or staff, that when the rubber meets the road, you allow opinions to exist, 
even though they may not have their way, but you also allow honor to exist for people who are necessarily not always getting the praise. So good. That makes them feel safe. Yep. Usually people who feel safe, uh, I think they actually stay longer and they get their roots planted deeper. Um, so, yeah. Oh my gosh, man. I feel like we could end the podcast there. That was so good. I mean, <laughs> that, there's so much. In, I mean, just sitting back thinking like, you know, with my kids, you know, they, they thrive when they have boundaries. They thrive when they have routine. Yeah. They thrive ultimately when they're safe, like in, the, in, in, in an environment where it's like they know they know what they can do and where they can go. And it's going to be safe in all aspects. That's when they go. This is when I thrive. This is when. Um, and I mean, also thinking you mentioned moving during COVID. I think one of the things that like the world was so ever changing during COVID, nothing, yeah. nothing was the same day to day. And that builds this, like, I can't do anything. I can't go anywhere. I can't, I can't do anything. Anything I do is going to be wrong. And, um, as, a, apart from previous pre COVID and, you know, even now, like you, you, you have your routine, you have your space, you have your, your every moment of every day, knowing what life looks like, you know, life throws you curveballs, but in that season, every day was a curveball. And, um, and so, uh, man, that's so good. Like that's uh, thinking to thinking through leading people and what that feels like in, um, in, in helping them be safe and helping them be in a place where it's like, you are loved, you are cared for, you are taken care of. Um, gosh, that is such a, um, such, such a good, such a good thought, man. It's such a good, uh, I, this is a great way to launch this topic. Yeah. Um, I love it. Yeah, no, as a leader, help me know, like, if when I need to, when, when I need to listen to somebody, and when I need to get involved, I'm a fix it guy. And I oh, always yeah. like, I always like to make, you know, like, listen and go, here's the fix, you know, here's the way we can fix that, as opposed to sometimes, you know, it's better to just kind of go, you know, you're bringing me a problem or talking about something. Um, how do I know when it's time for me to get involved? And how do I know when it's time for me to sit and and just listen? Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of it, again, is timing. Um, if you have specific decisions that have to be made, or you are in a crunch time, like, again, like a Sunday morning, or maybe a conference or something like that, that's not really where you have the most free range to pour on as much patience as you would love to, because you're like, y'all, we have A, B, and C's. We only have like an hour and a half, two hours or whatever on a Sunday. And there's dozens of hours during the week. There is a facet I think that is super helpful when you sit down with a person that is needing some type of moment where you think, is this a fix it situation? And to me, I almost always open the conversation with before you keep going, like I, I kind of get a barometer for their tone and a little bit of barometer for their urgency. Either they're mad or they feel like it has to be handled right now, whatever the situation may be. And I kind of let them start and then I pause and I'm like, I'm going to let you continue. I'm not pause. This is just a pause. I need to know just so I need to know the filter I'm listening to the rest of this story in. Are you looking for me to listen? Or are you looking for me to help you? You state that in the, in the conversation. Yes. yes. Yep. I just, yeah, before you, before you finish your statement, before you finish your story, before you finish anything, I want you to know I'm here for what you feel like you need. Yep. But I need to know I'm going to hear this story differently based on if you just need me to listen and be a friend and be like, OK, well, I'm so sorry that happened. Let's let's think of ways to move forward. Or 
I'm going to listen with a different hat on that I'm yep. like, okay, all right, let's, let's get this in motion. Let's, let's bring so-and-so into the room. Let's, let's kind of get a process happening. Um, because then, um, I think oftentimes what can happen is somebody who is in that state, I don't think it's that normal or at least not that consistently normal where people feel like they have an advocate. So I think when, when somebody is in a state like that, they're not necessarily always expecting for you to put patients into the conversation. And so when they hear that, honestly, sometimes it will kind of shift them out of their mindset where they just kind of thought maybe I'll come and just vent. Yeah. And then it puts them in a situation of, am I making this statement right now to the leaders above me or around me because I want it fixed or am I just trying to complain? So not only are you flipping the conversation so that way it's more fruitful, but you're also giving the person who's started the conversation an opportunity to even check in themselves. Oh, why am I even bringing this up? In the first place. So that way, uh, not only are they becoming more fruitful, the situation is becoming more fruitful. And usually word of mouth and staff is as fast as any communication in existence. And so if you have a track record of staff members being like, when so-and-so went and talked to pastor, or when this person came over here with an issue, there's a consistent response that you get. That also helps going even back to the safety situation because, you know, this is not a gossiping culture. I don't just let you come in here and talk about so-and-so, and we don't just come in here and say that so this and this wasn't right. No, no, this is a situation where we we come in and we leave healthier than when we came in. Yes. We don't we don't just vomit over each other or anything like that. We We understand what's going on, and we understand it may be a process, but we address the process. Or we take some real intentionality in the conversation immediately to make sure that we're either going to let patience and love have its way or yep. we're going to intentionally do something right now where we can fix it. So I'm going to address it. Oh, it's so good, man. Whenever I call like customer service, you know, you, you, the, the person on the, other phone, at the other end of the phone, I like they always come into the conversation like, I mean, they probably got off of a terrible phone call a minute ago. No one yes. ever calls customer service because they're happy. Like, it's like, yes. hey, I was just calling to let you know you're doing a good job today. Um, no one ever, it, ever, there's always a problem. My, my order didn't come. My shipment didn't come. For it's sure. your fault, you know. And so when I, gosh, whenever I call a customer service number, I try in the first 30 seconds to break them, to break them out yeah. of the, out of the, like, out of the book and, you know, and actually dialogue as if we're humans. And, um, you know, you do that with like, Hey, how's it going? And they asked me a question. I actually asked them a genuine, Hey, how's your day going? Hey, is, are you at the end of your shift? You know, kind of, and they go, Oh, you're uh, talking to me. Like, it's not a, you know, not enough. And then, no, yes. and then you end up having a genuine conversation and typically whatever you are calling about gets done in a, just a, it's a pleasant, it's a pleasant way to do it. Absolutely. You know, I've gotten Absolutely. really good internet deals. Um, out of it, you know, as you, cause they're just genuine, like it's happy. They go, Hey, let me take care of that for you. You know, let me, yeah. let me, let me fix that. And I think in the same way, you know, it's, it's, it's listening and coming into the conversation, as you mentioned a minute ago about stating, stating your purpose going, gosh, are, how do you want me to listen to this? How do you want me to filter this? Um, and so when I come into it, it's not, uh, you know, there's not unspoken expectations or, you know, you didn't listen or you didn't, 
And that just kind of builds on the frustration. And always in these moments, we're coming in with, um, there's already a heightened sense of emotion. And, you know, the, the filter is I have a problem. And when I have a problem, it's kind of a, not that you're in a selfish state, but it, it, it's all, it comes into like, um, I need to fix what's inside of me and then mm-hmm. and to help me be better at what I'm doing. And so, um, gosh, listening, feeling safe. Like this is a, this is really good. Um, yeah. now how do I, as a team, how do I, as a leader, make sure everyone on my team feels value and respect earlier, you were talking about, um, you were talking about, uh, like, like honoring people. Um, but like, as a, like team wide, what are some things, um, if we're talking about conflict, uh, when people feel value and respect, it kind of brings the conflict down and things don't Mm -hmm. blow up as fast. And so how do I, how do I make sure that my team's feeling that way on a regular basis? Yeah. I heard a statement a long time ago where I think it was a football coach that made the statement and he says, honor up, honor down, honor all around. Yep. Honor up, honor down, honor all around. And um, in certain teams, let's just use a worship team for an example because it's because it's an easy example. If you're on a worship team, there are certain facets that we think are flashier in a worship team. That could be the worship leader. could be the person who sings the solos. It could be somebody who does a guitar solo. It could be whatever it might be. But we have a certain stigma in our minds on what we think are the cool stars of worship teams. Um, Maybe when we think of that, we think some people get special treatment that shouldn't. Or maybe we think, in some cases, we think it's a team that doesn't sit in the service when the pastor talks. It is all kinds of scenarios we may think in our head. So because all of those thoughts tend to be just always swir- uh, just swirling around, I think what happens is you can really combat it by building up honor in a team for each other. So um, the along for several years, I feel like I did this very poorly. I tended to approach certain things in ministry uh, and you doing your job as an implied thing. So if you were supposed to play guitar on my worship team and you did a really good job, I was not going to tell you good job. You were supposed to do a good job. Mm. I, I didn't expect anyone to tell me a good job. I was supposed to do a good job. Um, just like if I hired you to paint a wall and you painted a wall and there were no holes in it, I'm not going to give you a, a standing ovation because there are no holes in my wall when you painted it. There that was, was supposed the, to be. That was the expectation. Yep. Yes. So I think what happened is that actually – I didn't realize it at the time, but I think what happened was that created a little bit of a dialogue internally for me where I didn't honor people correctly and I didn't allow space for it because I approached myself and the team around me that we were coming with a little bit more of a job mindset. And I think when you take the opportunity to switch a little bit outside of the job aspect, even though in many facets it is a job. You are paid for it, depending on where you're at. I think what happens is if you take time, either in a rehearsal, if you have multiple services between services, or maybe after the worship set, whatever it may be, that you take time and you're like, okay, singers, we're going to honor the band right now. Each singer tell two things per singer 
that you loved that the band did today? And what is something that you love that they do every week? That could be practical. That could be in the tones they're using. It could be that they always show up on time. It could be that uh, worship felt very unified today, and it felt like the band had to be a, a huge part of that. Um, and then one week, it'd be like, all right, band, same thing for the singers. And then one day, you may say, okay, band and singers, we're going to go to the church lobby, and we are going to honor the door greeters. And so we're going to go to each door greeter that's standing there shaking hands and welcome people in. And we're just going to take 30 seconds per door greeter and we're going to honor them. Mm. Thank you so much. I can't imagine how early you had to get here. You probably had so much on your plate. You have kids um, and you probably even have to pick up your kids in between services. And you have so much on your plate plus a full-time job. And yet you're here 6 a.m., 7 a.m. on a Sunday morning to open doors and be the first impression that this church gives. We just want to say our worship services are better because of the impact you give as a door greeter coming in. And we're not naive to that. We know that. And we just want to take a moment and say thank you. You may not be on the stage under the quote unquote lights and flare, um, but there's it's no there's no way we could do what we do without you guys doing an awesome job. And what happens is you start to, I've noticed it all the time. You wouldn't necessarily think it, you would think people would be kind of quick to get it over. But what happens is honor really becomes a domino effect. And then you have two or three people who honor a door greeter. And then you have two or three more people on the team. Like, well, I want to say something. You're right. And they're like, no, 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 now we got to go to the next tour greeter. Oh, well, I have I had something I really wanted to say. And what happens is you start to notice that you are teaching each other how to see the bigger picture. Yep. Because you are not just acknowledging the value that somebody else brings, but you're celebrating that value. And you're not just celebrating that value, but you're getting personally excited having the opportunity to celebrate that person's value. And I think as you do that, what happens is when people now start coming to rehearsal a month after that, after you've been doing this Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, people start coming. And when you say, Hey, we value you over your gift, they believe you. Mm. When you start saying things like, Hey, how's your, how's your wife doing? Hey, I heard your kid was sick. How is everything going? They, They fully believe that you are actually invested in their life as a person now, instead of, you know, I'm just here to play guitar. Nobody really cares, yep. anything like that. Especially if it's like maybe a contract musician, maybe even play at several churches. They're going to notice the difference of the church that honors the human beyond the gift. Um, and as you do that, you will notice that people now start trying to find ways to do that everywhere because yep. honor is ex- extremely approachable. Nobody is, nobody is quote unquote good at honor. Uh, so it's not like a specific thing that only certain people can do. Everybody, when they see honor in action can replicate it. And that when you create a team dynamic where then it is normal for people, not, um, not just saying nice things, but really there being a culture of, we're not going to let a Sunday go by where we, um, don't allow all of us the opportunity to let somebody know how valuable they are. Several years ago on Thanksgiving day, um, oh yeah, our kids were sick. And so you end up like our refrigerator was empty and 
um, everything, you know, you're, you, 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 you end up staying home when your family's across town having this delicious meal. And so it was time to eat. And I was like, I got to go get food. I'm like, oh, the grocery stores are closed. Oh, the I'm driving around town looking for like, I got to I mean, like go fast food. I ended up at a Carl's Jr. and um, going through the drive through on Thanksgiving Day. And the, oh, wow. the, the, wor- the worker hands me my food. And I looked at her and I was like, thanks for working today. Just like you didn't, you came to work on Thanksgiving day. Like, thanks for working today. And I, I said, I told her, I was like, my kids are homesick because you came to work today. I'm able to have lunch. Just left it at that. And she started crying. The lady in the, in the Carl's junior drive-thru started crying because it was like, who honors, who honors the lady at the Carl's junior drive-thru? Like, no, everyone just like, give me my food, spin off my, you know, get out of here. Um, and so to your point, honor is, honor is, uh, like is recognizing people. And then when conflict arises, it, which it's going to, yeah, it's a, it's a safe, you're, you're, you're in a place where it's like, I can work through this cause I know you have my back and oh, I know 100%. you, I know you see me. And so, um, gosh, this is so man, this is so good. Like this is, um, now talk to the worship leader who's, you know, driving down the road right now thinking I'm not doing this. And I like there, there is tension building up in my team and I, we, we, we don't have a safe place and we all realize this is not a switch that you flip and yeah. uh, like next week where it, it all, everything works. What are some ways I can turn my ship? Like yeah. uh, t- how do I turn my ship towards, um, towards, towards a, a, a world where this, this exists um, as opposed to, I mean, just coming in going and all of a sudden we're doing it, you know, where we, you know, but that doesn't, that doesn't work. It's going to feel phony or it's going to feel fake. Like, how do I, how do I turn that ship ever so slightly? Absolutely. Yeah. The first thing I would say to, to that leader is uh, you need to cut yourself some slack. Um, We often lead based on what we think is needed. Mm. And we, a lot of us learn out of observation. And so we saw a lot of leaders or we currently see a lot of leaders doing certain things that we either like them as a leader or we think they get very good results. So we kind of adjust to what we think works because for the, I mean, 99% of us, we, we don't do this because uh, we have some weird motive for the most part. We do it because we want to serve the Lord to the best of our ability. And we are just sometimes grasping at straws to figure out what is the best way to do things. And so we try to make sure for some of us, it is, making sure that a Sunday goes off without a hitch. There is no technical issues. There's no mic batteries that die. There's nothing like that. It is seamless. And to us, that is a form that we would consider to be our worship. And for some people, it's like, hey, all the mics can go out. Who cares? As long as everybody gets along, that's that's a success for me. So I think what can happen is we really need to get better at giving ourselves just a little bit of slack uh, yeah. and understanding that uh, the Lord, one of his character traits is patience and understanding that it is, he is full of loving kindness um, and understanding that there's also an opportunity for us to turn the ship. Just because the ship is where it is right now is no indicator of where it has to keep going. And so I would understand that um, I heard a phrase one time that little keys open big doors Mm. and understanding if you, if you are looking where you are right now and you see a vision, a target, a goal in the future of where you'd like to be, and you're kind of very intimidated by the distance, understand 
that it's the small seeds, the small keys that lead to big things down the road. And as long as you are just faithful, you would be very blown away by how God in his mercy and his grace can really undergird what you're doing and can really, in some cases, really redeem the time. I don't believe redeeming the time is just something for us as individuals. I think God can redeem the time in several facets, including teams. Um, if maybe you felt like you ran your team and some people have already left and they left in a bad way and you feel personally responsible and you feel like they wouldn't even take your calls or anything like that. I have seen people that were so bitter at a church, bitter at a team. I have seen the Lord do miraculous redeeming works of building bridges that nobody thought could be rebuilt. Um, so I think you need to trust the Lord that he has the ability to also be a perfect helper to you in this season. Mm -hmm. And I would just start where you are. I would start where is approachable because I'm sure some people hear this and they think ah, if I got my team together and I just started saying, okay, this side of the room, we're going to start saying good things about this side of the room. Everybody would just look at me like, what is going on? This is like, <laughs> when did we get so cheesy? And when did That's we true. like, what is this? Our, our, Pastor became Mr. Rogers out of nowhere. That's right. And take off your sweater and hang oh, on the, yeah. And that's right. extremely that's a very extremely real scenario. Right. Um, and usually what happens is you'll try to do too much too quick, and then you'll get pushback because everybody's trying to figure out what you're doing, and then you're embarrassed, yep. and then you feel like it didn't work the right way, so you just throw it away. Right. It is better to slowly just I would start with who do you feel like gets the least attention on your team? Who do you feel like gets the least amount of hugs, gets the least amount of great job today? Who is that? Is it a bass player? Is it an audio engineer? Is it a camera operator? Who is it in your vicinity of influence that you see that gets the least? Start with them. Yep. Go to them this Sunday. Hey, I know we don't really talk that much. I know, uh, I know maybe you even haven't been here very long or anything like that. I just wanted you to know, like, um, I, I made sure today that I noticed what you did. And I, I, and as I noticed, I started seeing how you talk to people. I never noticed that you are, um, that you help people throw their trash away. Or I never noticed that you are so friendly to, to so-and-so's kids or whatever it may be. And you just start with that one person and you kind of do it to the side and you don't make a big deal about it. You don't do an Instagram story and be like, today we honored so-and-so. You don't yep. do any of that. You just let it be. And then you just kind of go about your business. And then the next week, do it with somebody else. Mm. And then you do it with somebody else. And then you do it with somebody else. And then what will happen is four to five months, Sunday after Sunday, you have gotten to most, if not all of your team and had an individual moment with them. So what's happened is there's the nucleus of honor has started to slowly spread. And more than likely, by the time you are two months into the four month period, those people are starting in their hearts to acknowledge honor for other people, even if it's not outwardly spoken. Then by the time you get to month five, you're like, hey, let's I would just love for all of us. We're going to just all of us together honor uh, Miss Kathy over here. We're going to just honor her for a minute. She she always makes sure that we have water in the back. Let's just take a day to honor that. I'm sure to her, she's like, it's water. It's not that big of a deal. Well, it's a big deal to us. So we're going to honor. Yep. And if anybody wants to say how she's a good wife 
if anybody wants to say how she's a good mom, if anybody wants to say that she always comes in with a good attitude, uh, the, the level of honor is not necessarily always things that are deep. It's not always things that are super profound. It's acknowledging the reality of all of the things that make up those people that you appreciate. So when you do that, um, by the time you get to six months, you have a drastically different culture. And you're not going to get to six months of a drastically different culture by throwing out the handbook and then the following Sunday, like we're all sitting Indian style holding hands, you know, and so that's just that's just not the way it's going to go. Not going to happen. And yeah. six months is short. Yep. Six months. It 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 feels long when you're a month three, but six months is a short amount of time for you to have a drastically different culture yep. of honor and appreciation and honesty and safety than you do right now. And it would blow your mind what then a year from that six month point could look like. It would blow your mind. Man, I love this. I love this so much. Um, hey, so we call our podcast the table and I believe good conversation happens over good food. Like this, just yes. it's a thing. Um, and so if I was coming over to the Richardson house for dinner, what, what is a meal that might be on the table? Okay. So I naturally lean towards a steak life. I love steak. I, I like how you call thing. it a steak life. Like that's yeah, a, a steak life. A steak yeah. life. I it's, my auto, it's my autobiography title. <laughs> that's right. Tyler um, Richardson, a steak life. A steak life. It would probably be steak. It would probably be a, my wife makes the most amazing like garlic potato situation. It is life-changing. She also makes this amazing uh, grilled corn that we'd probably throw into the mix. And I'm a big broccoli fan. Oh, um, this is good. Oh, yeah. And these are all, it's not just, and I know sometimes people hear certain vegetables and they're like, eh, I guess so. It's all in like the preparing. If My wife can take a piece of broccoli and honestly, you would never know you're eating broccoli. It is the most amazingly buttery goodness that you've ever had in your entire life. So you would, you'd have a little bit more of a steak dinner. You'd have the steak. You'd probably have a garlic butter on the steak. Yep. Plus the potatoes, plus the broccoli, um, fire grilled corn. And then my wife also makes the most amazing uh, pumpkin cheesecake. So we'd probably finish it off since we're in the fall season with a pumpkin cheesecake. And a hot apple cider, because, you know, why not? <laughs> I knew we were friends. I knew I knew this was going oh, yeah. to be great. I said there's... Oh, yeah. Sometimes I ask a question on this podcast and I'm like, mm, we're never going to have you on again. That's what that, that's what that answer did. Uh, <laughs> no, that, I that, get the, it. the answer determines your future on, on the, at the, at the table. Some people yeah. are like, mm, we don't cook or, oh, I, you know, I'm this or that. I'm like, ah, oh, no. we can't be friends. Um, no, I like my meals to be like a cozy sweater. Yes. So I just now, like to wrap up in it. Was this the same in, in, in Tennessee or did California shift your culinary changes at all mm, no it was pretty much the same okay. the only difference is way more fried chicken <laughs> exactly. not a lot of fried chicken in, Nor in northern no, california not no not even kind of not there's a lot of meat we, we do a lot of we do a lot, a lot of meat, of meat. we there's grill meat. we smoke we smoke we smoke meat but like we don't like fried yeah. we did, not not fried I don't yeah know really, I, mm. I never realized how much i would miss fried okra until I came to, to Northern California, I was like, "Wow, they don't fry anything." Your your carotid artery said thank you, but like the, yes, otherwise, that, well, yes. that is factual. That is, I, will I mean, it's, that. A, it's yeah. a thing. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, tell us how we can connect with you. What you guys got going on, and 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 tell us how we can connect with you. Yeah, um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you're more than welcome to. Um, it is at symbol. Oh yeah, that Tyler. So O H Y E A T H A T 
T-Y-L-E-R. Oh, yeah, that Tyler. Just in case you're like, I feel like I know who he is, but I'm not really sure. Oh, yeah, that Tyler. That's oh, yeah, that Tyler. Is there, a, yeah, is, there then, a, is there a story behind that? Oh, yeah, that Tyler. That feels like there's a story behind where that uh, where that came sort from. Of, I, I remember uh, I remember in college, uh, there were there was like a handful. I think there was just a lot of Tyler's in my generation, to be honest. And oh, so yes. in that clump of my college, there was just like a chunk of them. And people were always trying to tell the difference. And then just like this catchphrase was always like, which one is that? And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that Tyler, that blah, blah, blah. And I just, yeah. I just took, oh, yeah, that Tyler. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, cool, man. Hey, I appreciate you hanging out today. I appreciate oh, you. Oh, 100%. You Seriously, in, thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate you pouring into leaders and sharing your wisdom. And um, like, I mean, I'm walking away from this conversation, like chewing on a lot of that stuff. Just kind of like you kind of analyze what you do, what you do. And even in, you know, from even just your team into the barista at the coffee shop to the, to you know, to the, um, to anybody you run into on a regular basis, uh, like bringing life into the world is just I mean, it's only going to make things better. Um, yeah. And and so, uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Oh, absolutely, man. Thank you yeah. so much, too, because I, I love I love even just kind of like what you're what you're in the midst of building just this uh, this opportunity for leaders, even kind of what we said earlier, you're you are creating a place where people can feel safe and feel heard. And the nuts and bolts of of life, leadership, ministry, all of those things. Um, I don't know if, if, if we've seen enough good examples of ways to do it in a healthy format. And I think what you are doing is is changing the paradigm and creating healthy examples for people to have hope again, where they may have felt a little hopeless. I so I just really want to just honor you in that because I feel like you are you are spearhead pioneer in the element of allowing people to feel like, oh, wow, maybe I can see a change and maybe I can see something in my team and my, my dynamic as, as a leader really grow legs and move forward. Uh, leadership is a lot more than just the nuts and bolts that we often hear about. It is, it is so much of things like today of conflict and understanding people's perspectives and personalities. And I think what you're doing here is, is a ripple effect of a lot of church health headed our way. So thank you, man. Appreciate that, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, and, uh, awesome. We will, we will see everybody next week.